Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to take a bite out of the competition? Are you looking for ideas to make your business better? Welcome to the Core Business Show with Tim GK, sponsored by Apple Capital Group. At the core of every successful business, you'll find people making a difference. And with each episode of the Core Business Show, we talk with those people, examine those ideas, and explore the strategies that make them special. Now, the host of the Core Business Show, Tim Jacquet. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Core Business Show. I'm Tim Jacquet, your host. Today, I have the pleasure of having... Uh, Phil Sands, he is the president uh, of Coal River Capital outside of Boston. Uh, we're going to have him talk about making your business bankable. Uh, we're going to take a short break for a moment and be back in a moment with Phil. Everybody, thank you for listening to the Core Business Show. I'm Tim Jacquet, your host. We'll be back in one moment. You're listening to the Core Business Show, sponsored by Apple Capital Group. Apple Capital Group in Jacksonville, Florida, is a commercial lender that specializes in asset-based loans, equipment leasing and financing, invoice financing, commercial real estate loans, and asset-based financing in the U.S. and Canada. Apple Capital Group is a direct lender that lends on their private equity investment portfolio. Ninety percent of most loans are decided within two hours, and vendor funding within 24 hours after documents are completed with a one-page application. No slow no's, just a quick decision and a fast yes. To get more information about lending from Apple Capital Group, call 866-611-7457. That's 866-611-7457 to speak with one of our loan specialists. Or visit us right now at applecapitalgroup.com. Welcome back to The Core. Once again, here's Tim Jacquet. Well, welcome back, everybody. Uh, again, my name is Tim Jacquet, your host. Well, Phil, welcome to the program again. Thank you very much. Good morning. Hi, good morning. I guess to, to begin with, um, we talked about making your uh, your business bankable. Kind of tell us step-by-step step what we can do to make ourselves bankable for banks and investors. Well, there are many things to, uh, to help a uh, business to be more bankable particularly in this time uh, when uh, credit is so very difficult to, to get. Um, small business in particular have uh, this responsibility to help themselves to become much more bankable. And in our line of business, what we try to do is to secure capital for uh, businesses, be it private or public. Um, some of the things that I see when I speak uh, to clients, in particular small businesses, is Oftentimes, they have a very good business that they've grown through, sometimes we laughingly, jokingly call hooker or right crook, but a lot of times the businesses are grown and they get themselves to a certain point and they're not really sure where to take the business. Uh, and this is what you see in general with small businesses. They may have uh, come from another business, taken some of the clients. He may have grown this organically. Uh, he or she might have decided to uh, expand their business. Now they've reached a point where they need credit, they need to establish credit, lines of credit. And oftentimes these businesses are not sure or unaware of how to do it. And what we generally do is take a analysis of the company to our due diligence and try to determine where they need to be. Um, there are very, very 
many different ways to fund the company other than going to your local bank, which we know is pretty difficult these days to do, other than go to small private investors or family and friends. Uh, there are many different ways to do it. So what we try to do is process and analyze each in particular company's their strengths, take a look at their uh, balance sheet, uh, take a look at the management strength, and try to position where they're going. Because we can't tell them where they need to go. They need to tell mm-hmm. us where they need to go. So we'll kind of outline that and get more specifics in just a moment. But uh, these are some of the basic tenets of getting yourself or making your business more bankable, uh, for, um, obviously for capital reasons. Okay. It is, uh, some things are just always an issue uh, where it's going to be credit or it's just financials or it's just some things that they do just don't make very good decisions. Uh, what common problems do you normally see? Well, when you're dealing with small businesses, obviously um, there is a lack of one thing, generally speaking. The businesses have been doing this well over a decade. What I see is there's typically a lack of capital, lack of revenue. Um, There's lots of various different things that they're deficient in, and not by their fault. It's just that it's just the way it is. Uh, mm-hmm. A small business only has a certain amount of clients. I mean, they may have number of clients in under a hundred. Um, small business. Uh, they may have, you know, six, three, six, maybe a dozen employees. That's considered small business. They may not think so, and they may be doing very well, but they generally lack something, and that typically tends to be capital that they need, capital at their disposal that they can get. They also also often lack assets, so they can go out and get themselves or try to get them a loan. There are small business loans that they can get, but those are very difficult because they're federal uh, types of uh, loans, and it requires a certain amount of uh, capital. Your balance sheet has to be strong, um, and they're only usually smaller amounts of capital that they can get twenty-five thousand, maybe fifty thousand dollars. So um, the deficient areas that I typically tend to see is a company operating, maybe they're making a million dollars, maybe a million two in revenue, gross revenue. Their net is probably you know, $700 or half of that. Uh, their profit uh, is very tight. Uh, if they lose three or four clients, they can be considerably impacted in a negative way. Um, Another area that they tend to be uh, hurting in is, is AR. Um, they're not, they don't have a tight grasp of their receivables. So therefore, instead of getting paid you know, 30, 60 days, these guys are, uh, some of these clients are, are getting paid 120 days plus. Uh, and they wow. have no reining that in. How do you rein that in? Well, once it gets past 90 days, you know, really, you're, you're talking about collections. Uh, it's no longer receivable, and and they're you know basically trying to get their hands on on you know as much revenue as they can. Uh, the other area is mismanagement of capital. Uh, a lot of times, these guys, uh, small businesses, and I say guys, they're, they're more than just guys, but small businesses in particular uh, tend to um, you know rob themselves, um, rob Peter to pay Paul, if you will. Um, uh, their their financials are in disarray. They don't do a very good job of organizing, uh, you know, the revenues. If you go and take a look at their books, it's haphazard. It's all over the place. They know what's coming in, 
but they oftentimes don't know what's going out. So there are various different things that we uh, we, we run in and, and see, uh, try to identify when you're uh, dealing with small business. The problem happens oftentimes at some point that small business starts to take on growth, and they may take on a bigger client, and they have to show credit. They have to show their ability to grow. They have to be able to prove that, and that becomes the challenge. What advice do you normally have for those type of people that run into those, uh, you know, when they run into a large client, they really need to do something about it. How can they rein in those controls uh, to make themselves more bankable and more profitable in one sense? Well, the, the first thing they have to be is aware and willing. Um, they may not always be aware, but they at least have to be willing. If they're mm-hmm. not willing to make the change, willing to take on the advice of the professionals and those who've been in the business and in the sector of finances, then it becomes much of more of a challenge. Um, case in point, I've had clients where you sit in front of them, they know they need capital. They know they have to grow the company. They know their clients very well, but the mechanism for getting the, the maximizing rather their revenues is, is something that they don't understand. So this is financial engineering. You have to be able to structure something for them to get maximum growth, but sometimes the resistance comes because they don't know process. They're unwilling sometimes to take challenge uh, and to challenge themselves and to grow. Many, Very many of these folks have not had any form of training, formal training from the standpoint of accounting or business ledgers or, uh, you know, AR receivables and understanding uh, accounting, some basic accounting practices to keep themselves uh, accountable, the business accountable, and keep themselves growing. So, what we do is we analyze it for them in answer to the question uh, and pretty much give a report to them, a basic report, because you don't want to go in-depth with a small business sometimes because they just don't have the ability to afford it, number one. And number two, there's really not enough there to give a, a very comprehensive report. But we give them some sort of report and show them what needs to be done in order for them to get from A to B, to get from the fact that they need money to the fact of Here's how to get that money, and see. Finally, you've got the money. So now what? Right, and that's what we try to do. Okay. So when they actually, if you take them to the point of uh, getting to getting through this first hurdle, and now they're they're somewhat bankable, and you take them to an investment group, what are the investment groups are looking for? Well, there there are. Let's let's back up for a second and answer your okay. question. That, that's a very good question. Um, there are the there are very many levels of in capital. We'll call it capital because capital okay. encompasses both loans and investment capital. Investment capital is a separate sector. We talk about capital in general. Uh, there are, there's ways to get um, a, a variety of loans, even in this. Uh, this time right now where liquidity is so tight. Uh, the capital they can get is from hard money loans and lenders if you want to go there. There's generally very high interest loans. But if you have consistent revenues coming into your business, you can qualify for these loans. And some of these loans, while it's very high in terms of the interest on it, you're still able to capture some 
uh, sort of uh, biz uh, or capital, rather, I should say, for your small business. And then, you, of course, you have uh, factoring and AR or purchase order types of funding, which is quicker and faster. You have to be able to show your balance sheet, good ledger, good accounting. Uh, but if you're able to present that in a winnable way, in compelling way, you're able to go ahead and receive capitals through that medium. Then you have private and angel investors. Of course, you have, uh, again, the federal uh, loans, uh, business, small business loans, which is a lot. Um, they've streamlined it and made it easier in one sense, but it's a lot more difficult of a challenge to get if you want more money than just your basic $25,000 or $50,000, which most small businesses need a lot more. That's just the loan aspect. And then, of course, you have your regular bank, which you're not going to get uh, loans, and this to be frank. Um, it's very, very difficult. Underwriting process has always been challenging. It's extremely challenging right now. Uh, you have to have quite a bit of assets to be able to get your basic loan. Uh, I'll give you an example. I have a client, uh, had a client some time ago who had a credit rating or FICO score of well over eight, uh, 805 or 809, never been legal on this payment, had tr uh, tremendous amounts of asset and liquid capital, and still couldn't get himself a loan. Now, he needed $1.5 million. Uh, he could get the loan if he would guarantee his assets and put X amount of capital in the bank, which he refused to do. So that gives you an example of how tight the liquidity is. Okay, so that's just the banking and, and the capital size and the small loans and you can get for business. The investment side is a little bit more of a different world. You're dealing with private equity groups, uh, angel investors, private investors. Um, these are the type of uh, investment vehicles that will look, or the sector that is, will look at a business and determine whether it's viable or not. And they'll put their capital in based on due diligence, strict uh, due diligence, uh, and uh, that due diligence is what we specialize in. In fact, that's what we typically do at Cold River Capital. Um, we do uh, essentially the due diligence and determine the viability, uh, determine how expensive that capital is going to be, and determine mm -hmm. the terms, the length of terms, meaning the length of time that you're going to have this capital and, and, and obviously pay it back with interest and dividends, and we can explain that a little later. That's for mostly for the public companies. So okay. we, we do this analysis for the client ourselves. We are investment uh, consultants, and we also uh, are finders, meaning that we locate the capital and bring it to your door. Okay. So when you locate a uh, a source for that particular company, um, when it comes to the the financials, you know, if it's like you just mentioned, this particular guy had good credit and had somewhat a good package, but aren't there sometimes that some deals just can't get done? Well, as part of the willingness, uh, yes, there have been involved, unfortunately, with uh, with a number of deals that didn't get done because the client was either unwilling to do this or that, what was part of the diligence process. Um, the client um, didn't provide enough information. I, I cannot tell you how many deals I've had. Smaller typically tends to be smaller companies where uh, the deal didn't get consummated because 
they just were unwilling to give up personal financials. Uh, sometimes uh, they have to personally guarantee a loan. They don't want to do that. And sometimes they can, I can understand that. Other times they just have their financials in disarray and they just simply can't get their hands on it. They're either unwilling or don't understand how to do it and don't want to pay someone to, to, to uh, you know, clean it up. So, yes, uh, you can have... There, there is the definition of a client that is credit poor, meaning the credit is not strong, but they have the assets, mm-hmm. they have the cash, and then you have the clients that are their their credit is challenged, or, or credit may be good rather, but they don't have enough revenue coming in the door. And those are typically startup clients. Um, then you have the mid-tier clients that may have the credit as well as the assets and the capital coming in. They're but stronger. But sometimes their challenge is growth. Uh, they've gotten that large deal that could be 50 plus million or, or more. Now what? I mean, now you have to grow it rapidly to catch up. We have to catch up rapidly to, to catch up with that growth, I should say. So there, yes, there are clients that don't qualify. They fall through the cracks, and these very often be, clients become desperate because they need capital. And in your or business, you have to be able to reach out and get capital. You're going to need it at some point. That's the only way you can survive. Okay, so they got to this point that uh, you have a stalemate going on between the bank and the business owner. Then the bank realized, that why did they even apply if they want, don't want to go through the rituals that they know they have to do to get uh, to get the deal done. They're going to need usually, you know, uh, some more information on financials, some more information on the particular person, and then all of a sudden they don't want to give it. I mean, do they have like a, a good explanation or they just say no? They're going to put their, their hand in the sand and say no. I'm putting the line here. You can't have it anymore. Well, um, <laughs> what? When you're in this business, what I have found, and I'm likely you probably have uh, noticed it yourself, is sometimes you cannot explain the irrational. <laughs> you just can't. Uh, there's there have been times when I'm looking at clients because the, the, the truth is when you you're, when you're dealing with clients and you're trying to get them capital, you're going to be pouring in pouring over, I should say, and looking over um, private, personal, and business information. Nothing's more personal than your finances. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, uh, particularly small businesses, and they have to learn to kind of uh, evolve from this. You may have started that business by yourself, and it may have been very successful. And then I run into a lot of folks that have had... Um, Businesses started by their their fathers. Uh, my father started his business too many years ago, mm-hmm. and um, and you see their practices. It, it just is not conducive to growing that business beyond a certain point because they handle all the finances, they handle all their incoming business, they handle they may not handle the phones, they may hire someone to do that, but they handle everything else. And their ledger, <laughs> like my father was in his head, <laughs> and if he wrote something <laughs> down, it was on paper, and paper was strewn all over the place. Um, unfortunately, I'll tell you the tale of my father, who, who passed away some years ago. Um, 
I was in uh, college and unfortunately had cancer and he didn't have much longer to live. And so what I decided to do is uh, his business was a painting business. And I decided to take that business over because he was no longer able to do it. He had a very profitable business and made a lot of money. But he also didn't know where the money was going out to. And I got a chance to see it as a college kid uh, spending the summer to try to get his painting business, which is what he had, which is a lucrative business in the summer, tails off uh, in the fall, and in the wintertime you're just basically doing nothing. And then in the spring it comes back again. Surprisingly, he was extremely busy and extremely profitable. Um, but, my goodness, he had debt. Uh, he had uh, stuff here, stuff there. His ledger was just incomplete. He had stuff strewn all over the place. And yet, his business was so profitable, he couldn't keep going. He couldn't keep up because there's so many people calling him because he had done it for so long. And you run into that from time to time, to use that example, a personal example of myself. You run into this when you're dealing with clients, oftentimes, who have small businesses, but poor practices in terms of accounting, in terms of uh, business ledger of some sort, balance sheets that they don't use properly, P&Ls that they don't even know about. <laughs> so you run into this often. And that's very challenging. Now you have to go back and do it for them. Now, most of them want you to do it for them. Most clients, there are some clients that resist it, but most of them are only too happy to have you clean up their mess. They know they need to do it. But you have to be dedicated to putting that information into the ledger, into the accounting uh, software or, or whatever you utilize. You have to be. Okay. Because if you want to grow that business, you have to be able to reach out and figure out where you were a year from ago and figure out exactly what that quarter was. What was that week? How much business came in? That's how you really figure out where you're going. And the small business practices, oftentimes they don't do this very well or do it very religiously. They don't keep their fingers on it. And when it comes time to get a loan, it's incredibly difficult. And that's part of why there's a resistance sometimes. Now they know they've got to go back two or three years. Their tax re returns may be not that strong. Okay, that's fine. There are ways to amend or, or ways to make that amenable, but you have to be willing to understand that this is going to be a challenge, and some of them don't want to do it. Okay, we're going to take a question real quick. Uh, okay, you're on the air. Yes, um, thank you for taking my call. I have a question in that I might be categorized as a sole proprietor in a small business in that I have been working to do some of the research and development stage of uh, site selections for new technologies, in particular um, NH3 or ammonia fuel um, technologies. Ammonia is used for, in a number of different ways uh, that kind of overlaps different sectors. But um, seeing as I've been a gentleman trying to envision a larger uh, swath of a corridor for ammonia that might go across five states, and yet I'm just an individual who's been doing research. Uh, I've been reaching out to local um, venture development organizations that are connected to the state I'm in in Indiana and um, 
also with some um, local and regional economic developers. But what I have is more like a story than an actual business. And um, I hope maybe a joint venture along what I've been observing for commercialization locations might be um, found to be good after due diligence. And so I was curious if you might have some uh, recommendations for what steps I might do best to take in uh, bridging my observations to a viable small business or kind of make maybe a small business that could catalyze the um, participation of additional existing businesses. So uh, did I make that question clear? Uh, it's a little convoluted, but I think I know where you're going with that. Let me okay. kind of um, – but and I may not I may or may not answer some of the questions you just asked, but let me try sure. to attempt that. Um first of all, in the investment world we're we sort of like are um we're we're sponges in some respects, but we're not experts in your line of business. That's the first thing I uh -huh. always tell a client. But sure. my expertise goes from the fact that I can take your business and bring it and present it to in, either investors or bankers or Anyone who mm -hmm. happens to have the capital, I shouldn't say anyone, but people who have the capital that are qualified to give it to you. Um, the second thing is what you're saying is you're doing your analysis, and that is a, that's a part of what I do a lot, or I used to do a lot more than I do today. But the analysis is very, very critical and important, and mm -hmm. it tells you where the business is. Okay, For instance, if you are in the sector of, you said ammonia, and ammonia could be used for a, a variety of different things, but it's a specialized business. It's not something that everybody knows or even does, quite frankly. So you have to be able to understand exactly where that business is, what type of business is going to be substantial for you to grow. Uh, in your report, it should be fairly comprehensive enough to tell you not just where the business is, but how you're going to get your business. Mm -hmm. How are you going to capture your business? How are you going to grow your business? How are you going to sustain it? Is there enough? Is this sector deep enough for me to grow my business, or is mm -hmm. it just a niche business? If it's a niche business, that's fine. There are a lot of businesses that started out as a niche and just grew and just continued to grow. But you've got to be strong enough and understand in your analysis in your report that a there's got to be a business there, meaning not just a business, but a business for you to substantiate. Can you get a million dollars? revenue on an annual basis and grow from there. Mm -hmm. uh, can you more than that? How deep is that business potential? If you say it's across state lines, then you know there's more business opportunity for you to grow, but how much is going to cost to get that and capture that business? What right. types of specialty do I need to have? Uh, what's the expense? How much of a uh, manpower do I need? Do I need specialized equipment? Do I need licenses, permits? There's a variety of things that you need to do, and that's typically what you do uh, in some sort of a, you can put it in a business plan or a comprehensive report uh, for you to uh, to determine where you need to be. A feasibility study is what we used to write. Uh, right. A feasibility study encompasses a tremendous amount of analysis that you crunch, you put it together, and determine the feasibility or viability of going into that particular sector and what the cost will be. That's mm -hmm. what you need to determine. Now, if you feel you're qualified, which obviously sounds like you are, if you feel you're qualified for doing this, 
then the next point is how much capital do I have? Because it's right. going to take some investment from yourself. Personally, you go to the three Fs that we typically joke about in the financial world, the family, friends, and then we have the last category called fools. <laughs> and so, <laughs> um, and you go and utilize this in order to get yourself started. And once you get yourself started, then what? Okay, maybe you have that first big client. You know you're going to need more than just one client, but maybe that mm-hmm. client is very lucrative. Right? Well, what you want to do is grow that business, not spend all your time consumed with that one client, because if he goes down, he or she goes down, and it has a severe impact on your business. So these are some of the fundamentals that you think about, and I think you're doing the right thing starting uh, with an analysis report. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, caller. Appreciate it. Uh, lastly, when it comes to uh, the investor groups themselves, um, they read everything. <laughs> In one they sense, do. I some pe- when it comes to analysis reports like that, how do they actually go and compare it? Because uh, we can always have, like in college, you can always present your argument. And um, is it when it comes to investment groups, they just go to what they specialize in, and that's all they look at, so they know that particular oh. industry. Yeah, you're right. Um, the latter, what you stated, is a lot of times they, they most investment firms they have a specialty. Um, I used to work with a group that did a lot of uh, alternative energy which was very big uh, five, six, seven years ago um, because of the um, the uh, alternative credits that they could receive during the Bush administration, which I thought was pretty good. The problem is a lot of folks didn't understand that all that well, that program. Uh, so, But anyway, to make a long story short, a lot of these uh, investment firms were specialized in putting capital into alternative, um, or what we call green energy, some people call it green energy, alternative energy, uh, sector. The problem was, or I should say, there were problems that we experienced, being that a lot of the folks that got into it were very tech people, engineers, or folks that were ex-farmers, or people that specialized in fuel, um, but oftentimes missed the boat in terms of, you know, accounting. Again, accounting purposes, um, understanding exactly how much business they can get or maximize out of the types of products that they're developing. Um, but in answer to your question, we had special uh, private equity investments that are specializing in putting capital in these types of uh, companies. There are other types of investment firms, and we're just talking strictly investment firms here, that will put capital in almost any kind of business, but you have to qualify. And that qualification process is called a due diligence, in which we delve down into that business and determine that, uh, A, you need capital. Okay, that's the first thing we determine. But, B, how are you going to pay it back? How much business do you have? Uh, go back on the business sometimes three to five years to take a look at your books and your, your financials, your tax returns. We do audits, uh, external audits. Um, and then we take a look at the business man- or the management itself to see how strong they are. Because it makes no difference to put money uh, into a company that's going to bleed it out. I mean, no investor wants to do that because they're going to lose their capital, lose their money. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are some of the qualifications. Yes, there are uh, investment firms that specialize in certain sectors. But generally across the board, they're looking at various different businesses. And they have their own 
priorities and, and their own ways of uh, funding a business and what they determine and deem a, a company as uh, merits putting capital in. Well, anything else you'd like to leave us with and for companies to make themselves more bankable? Uh, and also, you can leave with also your contact information if they want to reach out and talk to you regarding some projects. Yeah, this, again, I deal with, one of the things I must say, I may use my own personal example, um, mm-hmm. my father, who was a very good, uh, a very dynamic individual uh, and a very good uh, businessman in one sense. He was able to get the business. Um, that was a big part of it. He was very dynamic. He could get in front of folks and, and he just very, had a way with people, but the business side of things, uh, once he got the and he was also an incredible worker. Man, got up very early and uh, he put in the time. But that was part of it. Now growing the business and sustaining the business, well, his business growth grew because of word of mouth. But but beyond that point, to sustain it internally, accounting purposes, uh, the administrative side, he was very poor in. Um, and a lot of business people have that. They have deficiencies. We all have them. Um, I can't run a construction uh, group. I'll never be able to do it. I don't understand anything about it. I, mean, I understand it from a conceptual standpoint, and that's about it. But, you know, everybody has their specialties. The one thing I would say is uh, for small business people, and uh, as a person that loves entrepreneurs, I have to tell you, I love being around entrepreneurs. I love to see what they're doing, and and, and I can help them out any way I can, um, is to... Spend some time analyzing or understanding the analysis of your business. And what I mean by that is determine what your business is. Okay? Is it me? Because it really is you as the individual. If it's you, then grow that business beyond the point of yourself. Because if you happen to go down for you know, sickness for a week or two, what happens to your business? Right? Um, is... Are you able to understand all the administrative uh, things that needs to be done from an accounting purposes, from business ledger, from growing your business? Do you understand the sector enough? Do you understand competition? Do you understand the marketing aspects of things? How deeply uh, entrenched is your business, or is it just standing on on quicksand? Is it slowly sucked, being sucked into the the abyss there? There's so much you have to understand about your business because... This is not like corporate America where you go in, you drive up, you show up, you go to work and go home and don't think about anything other than your responsibilities or your jobs, your tasks. If you're a private business or small business, you're you're out there and you're on your own almost. It seems that way. You have solidarity amongst entrepreneurs and other small business people. But, you know, there's not a whole lot of things out there for you. There's not a lot of safety nets out there if you don't have your business structure properly. So, you know, in my travels and, and when clients call me and email me or whatever the case may be, um, I invariably will try to educate, you know, as, as many business people as I can, um, given the time that I have, which is often very short. <laughs> but, but I try to give <laughs> some information. That's going to always help them out. Whether they take it or not is immaterial. I'm still going to try to give it out as much as I can because I am an entrepreneur at heart, even though I'm in the investment world. I'm an entrepreneur. 
I love being around uh, small businesses that are growing. I love being around entrepreneurs because there's so much passion in what they give and give their blood, sweat, and tears so <laughs> practically for their businesses. They grow it. And it is, it becomes something. It becomes an extension of themselves. And I love to see that grow. The question is, can you grow that to a certain point? Do you have all the necessary tools? It's no sense going to a, a gun battle without a gun, <laughs> you know, or a gun without the bullets, right, uh, to use a poor analogy. But you really want to get yourself – it is a battle when you're in business. You're battling many elements. You're battling the fact that you have sometimes very little capital. You have clients that could either pay you or not pay you. You've got to chase them down. You have competitions. Uh, the competition will blow you out of the water if they could and can. You have the fact that there's lack of liquidity in today's world, in today's economic um, world. You have so many different elements in which you have to deal with. You have to be knowledgeable. You have to turn in a dime. There's so much that a small business or a business in general have to concern themselves with. So from a perspective of looking at the business landscape out there, I'm particularly concerned about how a business is going to, you know, essentially handle themselves and grow. So that's part of what I do, part of the challenge, um, if the client wants to do it. And that's what I come back to, whether or not the client is willing. If that client is willing and they understand and they can afford to pay, uh, then we, you know, there's a lot we can do, not just me, but many others that they can go to. Small business, uh, you can go to small business charters that you can speak to in, in your state or your town uh, and, and get some education uh, about how to run a business. But that's that's critical. Take small business classes or take business management classes. That will help mm -hmm. you. Anything that can, that will help your business and help you, because God knows that the politicians are not looking at small businesses, and I'm looking at <laughs> businesses right now. I spend a lot of my time because I deal with small businesses as well as larger businesses. And the large businesses have deficiencies too. It's just that they're much bigger. <laughs> and so they and they can solve it a lot quicker. Yeah, they have someone they can, they can pay to, to take care of that. Here, you know. But the small to medium-sized businesses, they really sometimes need help, and they can't afford it, but you can afford to invest in yourself. If you have some extra money, take that time, read a, a book or, or, or get an audio if you're too busy, or take some classes. You know, anything that's going to help you in strengthening your business, because it's a tough world out there from the standpoint of investment and standpoint of uh, capital, and the banks are not you know, they're not going to help the small business as much as they should, in my opinion. Uh, and small businesses don't oftentimes structure themselves in such a way that make themselves attractive to get banking. So it's it's a challenge. And that's what I would, you know, my own personal um, observations I would bring to the table uh, since you asked for that. <laughs> so. Well, Phil, how can I contact you if they want look at, uh, if they want to look at uh, – consultant and looking you know looking for a company to get them in front of some banks or in some investors. Well, you can you can always take a look at our website. It is uh www.coldrivercap.com. coldrivercap.com. And you can get on that site. It's a basic website of an investment consulting company that you will see some of the business the 
uh, services that we um, essentially bring to the table. We work with small businesses, both private and public, small cap companies which we deal with. Uh, we bring basically investment locators. We'll bring the capital to the table. We also do banking, investment banking. Uh, we'll provide these services. We'll do due diligence and analysis. Um, we can also plug in personnel if you happen to need it. There's a, a variety of things that we do to keep yourself very busy. Uh, right now, I'm doing some acquisitions, uh, uh, one acquisition actually, helping another company, and they're helping me in some respects. Uh, there's a lot of things that we can do to provide services for particular clients that need it. Um, and growth capital is a big one. That's one of the ones I specialize in, to try to help companies grow. And the way to do that is to structure themselves in such a way that you understand uh, comprehensively where their business is coming from and where they're trying to grow themselves to. But that's the, the best place to look at it, uh, to reach me. Um, and then if they wanted to reach me via email, I can always give them my email. I'll give them this Gmail account because it's a bigger account. Uh, they can reach me at psands1211 at gmail.com. Perfect. Uh, last question real quick. How did you come up with the name Cold River Capital? <laughs> ah, that's a good question. Uh, the Cold River Capital was, uh, let me give you a very quick and short story of that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have so many stories. Uh, it was supposed to be an investment, uh, private equity investment firm. We got our license for it uh, a year ago. It's a process you had to go through with the SEC. Um, and uh, we had a uh, licensed uh, individual on it, and then I was going to get my uh, founder's license and become a, a private equity investment company and handle tens of millions of dollars um, until we saw the sticker price. And um, we needed to spend at least a quarter of a million dollars somewhere we factored or better just to open the doors. Hmm. Okay. And then you have, uh, you know, uh, the SEC crawling in. I shouldn't say that, but <laughs> coming in on a monthly basis to look at the books, and you didn't want to have the slightest little thing out of place. There's a whole lot of things that we decided. The business itself, the name, Cold River Capital, we live in New England, so we have lots of uh, cold springs that come through, <laughs> and I just decided one day... <laughs> named Cold River, uh, put that together, and the name came up in my, I was a, the guy who came up with it uh, about four or five years ago. Um, we were supposed to roll it out in 2009, but we know that there was a seismic earthquake uh, called <laughs> investment crash of 2009. Mm, better not roll it out that year. So we rolled it out the latter end of 2010, and mm -hmm. it was a private equity investment firm. Um, after we saw the sticker price on that and so many changes in the investment world, we decided to become investment locators or investment finders instead of investment private equity group. Uh, and that's that's the name. That's Nexus, the genesis of the name. Uh, one night I came up with it um, uh, and decided, hey, that Cold River and Capital sounds pretty good, to me at least. And that's why the name that's where that name came from. Now now you know. <laughs> now we know. Well, Phil, thank you for joining the program this morning. Thank you. Okay, take care. All right, you too. Take care. Bye-bye. Again, it's another production of The Core Business Show. Thank you for listening, and have a great day. 
Thank you for listening to The Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet. For a free quote on equipment leasing and financing, visit our website, applecapitalgroup.com. That's applecapitalgroup.com. And fill out the information to receive your free quote. We hope you'll join us for our next episode. And remember, you can always get to The Core via iTunes. You'll find all our previous episodes there. Thanks again for listening to The Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet.